episode 369 of Good Luck High Five live from Honolulu, Hawaii. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. I'm one of your hosts, Beach Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Ocean Megan. And the reason we're calling ourselves that is not only are those our cool new Hawaiian nicknames, but we are literally recording to you on the beach in Hawaii. I can, I'm looking out over the end of an ocean sunset. It is beautiful. The waves are rolling in. Two boats are just docking mere feet from us. Yeah. We just saw the sunset. It was glorious. A gentleman is bathing his feet. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> That's happening. It's right over there. I was, I'm watching it. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's just one of those spray things where you yeah. clean your feet. I was expecting the ocean. like somebody with a monocle and a top hat, like in a servant with a hot towel wiping uh, down. Wiping down his feet. His no, feet. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. He's just spraying them. Oh, okay. Well, you with know what? With the common, with the plebeian <laughs> foot sprayer. Exactly. 5,000. Yes, uh, we just got done with the World Championship here in Honolulu. Yeah. It was a very exciting tournament, and we're going to tell you all about it on this show. We sure are. But before we do that, we have some people to thank. Foremost among them is you. you. If you are a patron of this show. Yes, thank you so much. Everyone who helps the show be an actual living, breathing monster on patreon.com slash glhfmagic. You, like Dr. Victor Frankenstein, have brought life to something that maybe should have never happened. <laughs> Something that should have stayed dead. But, but do you know what? We sure are out here terrorizing the countryside now, so. But there's love in our hearts, and we're just hoping to find our bride. Too our- late to put that monster back in the ground. <laughs> you, you best just keep on supporting it. Five bucks a month, which is really just so very little, will send the electricity coursing through our brains and animating us off of a steel slab. That's right. Thank you as well to our sponsor, Carl. Card Kingdom, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF is the place to go for all of your boosters and singles and general magic gaming needs. It's a wonderful website with a great blog, excellent customer service, fast shipping, and the best products money can buy. Yes. Card Kingdom. They're lovely, lovely people. And that's why we love having them as sponsors. You know what else is lovely? What? Those dulcet tones you might hear in the background. Can you hear that man singing? There's There's a lovely man singing on the beach. It's almost like this is a movie or something. Oh, yeah. You know? Wow. It's, um... I was going to say 10 things I hate about you, but I was thinking 50 first dates, but oh, both yeah. start with numbers. Yeah, and that's in Hawaii, so yeah, exactly. you know, it, it makes sense. Or forgetting Sarah Marshall. Also a Hawaiian classic. Really, yeah, if you're going to pick the vacation sh- film. Movie. We're under a palm tree. Yeah. Just FYI. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> Two of them. Anyways. Anyway, on with the show. <laughs> let's talk the world championship and for that we have brought a very special guest on our show none other than limited resources very own marshall sutcliffe what's What's up up? marshall Uh, well everything you said was true there's a man washing his feet we're under a palm tree and there's somebody singing yeah that is accurate It is pretty nice. Marshall, the stage beautifully. You you yeah. did commentary this weekend I in did. the booth for the matches at the World Championship. Yep. Um, why don't we just get like the big headlines out of yeah. the way? Okay. Wait. Before we move into that. Yeah. I just wanted to say briefly. I think I, I don't know that we've told this story on the show or if not for a very long time, but we were just talking about it the other day. Oh yeah. Once upon a time, Maria was an avid limited resources listener. And super fan. I was a super, super fan. Yes, Maria was it's a true. super fan. 
and this was before we had ever met Marshall. Yeah. And I wrote Marshall an email asking him to send Maria a Christmas card as a Christmas present. And it happened. Yeah, he sent me a copy of the card, Limited Resources, yeah. and it was signed by everyone who up to that point had been a co-host of the show, and him and himself, and it was the greatest present. And, and it's framed go. in and our office to this it day. It really is. And look at look and at. And now here we now. are. Here I mean, I got are. one back. What? You what? guys gave me a signed card. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> I, I still have that. it. I do. <laughs> it's it sits behind me when I'm streaming. Aww. We did. We gave it to him under GP. I was so yeah, nervous. I remember seeing you guys <laughs> to give it to you. Yeah, that was way back. That was like you had some other dude on the show. Like that was some old school. That was a that long was time ago. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. High five. And now we're hanging out on a beach together. Isn't life magical? It is. It's weird how it turns out. It's yeah. true. All right, but we were going to talk. We we're going to talk about the big action of the weekend. Yeah, the world championship happened here in Hawaii. There's a million dollar prize pool, the biggest in the history of Magic. Only 16 players, and the winner got three hundred thousand dollars. And it was none other than Paulo Vitor Damodarosa, took the whole thing down with Azorius control. Yeah, Marshall, what was your top moment of the weekend? Oh boy, um, definitely Paulo winning, sealing the deal. Uh, you know, the the structure worked out such that he needed to win two matches in the finals because he had uh, won a bunch to lead up to it, so he kind of had a benefit over his uh, his opponent. And that was Marcio Carvalho, who kind of has this storyline where he finishes second a lot. He's In the past yep. few years, he's finished second at a world championship, and he's also finished second at a pro tour. Yep. And th- those are, I mean, those are heartbreakers. Uh, you yep. know, you get a nice payday and a, you know, a totally awesome finish, but, like, boy, getting that close twice, and he finds himself in the finals once again, but it was extra tough because he worked his way through kind of the bottom half of the tournament. He, he had a little bit of a tougher day to start, mm-hmm. and he needed to win three matches to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And He Paulo, pushed it to a deciding yeah, match, Yeah, like, Paulo wins the wild. first match pretty quickly, yep. and it was like, Oh, uh-oh. well, this is going to be tell over. You, everyone backstage was like, well... This is about to, like, we're let's about to clean up. With this let's, thing. let's go. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Marcio finds himself, like, down a game in the next match, wins yep. the both, wins the next match after that, pushes all the way to this deciding match, and they go to game three in that. So, of course, that was, you know, the key highlight was seeing, well, really the best player in the room win the tournament, which doesn't yep. always happen for Magic. So that that was one of the, the huge moments. Um, it, it will be the one that stands out. Um, I know it's generic, right? The guy wins the tournament. Okay, yeah. cool. But it will be the one I remember the most. But um, as people have said, like, Paolo, this is the title he didn't have yet. Yes. Out of his collection of um, titles his, that he yeah. keeps p- yes. under pins on the wall <laughs> yeah, like butterflies. Yeah, he had won two GPs and two Pro Tours, and now he's world champion. It's also just funny because, like, when you when you look at a professional Magic player's career, it's really shocking how how rare it is to literally win an event. Yeah. Right? It's we, hard. we tend to measure things in top eights, which which you can't, you know, Paulo's averaged yes. one top eight a year for basically his career, right? Which is just Which, which is absurd, yes. right? That's really good. But he, you know, if you're, like, you could go down a list of professional Magic players that have never won a tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, actually just won an individual Grand Prix. And this is Corey Burkhardt, for instance, up until Phoenix. And we would still call them very excellent players. Hall of Fame. Yes. You can make it in the Hall of Fame without having won a Magic Tournament. Yeah. It's kind of hard, but you can do it. I mean, multiple times that, that's happened. And it is really funny to translate that 
because, you know, normal people are like, oh, you're a professional magic player. Well, you must win a lot. And it's like, well, I do a lot of winning, you know, if you're one of the really good ones. Yeah. Well, you must have won a bunch of tournaments. And you could be like, I've won one. Yeah. You know, even Paulo, who's considered, like, I don't know if you guys want to get into it, but, I mean, this pushed him, like, firmly into the GOAT discussion. Yeah. He has now tied John Finkel for most, we call them top finishes now. It's a little more vague than Pro Tour top eights used to be. But they both have 16. And they have similar resumes. John's won, John won like an additional pro tour. I think he's won three. Um, but I mean, they're really close, you know. Yeah. And so like now you've got the the John, Kai, and there's, you know, Paulo was always in the and top five. And he's been five, kind of like but, skirting it for a little while. Yes. Like, and with, now he's just there. He's yes. like, hello. You His know, last couple and, of years have been Paulo. very good. Yeah. And I think people are trying to be like, oh, this is, yeah. this is getting very and impressive. And the 300K probably didn't hurt either. So yeah. the thing is, Paulo was already the lifetime money leader in Magic the Gathering tournament wins with 500,000, more than 500,000, and now earning 300,000 from his first place finish, you know, more than half of that already added back in. And somebody was discussing, you know, today on Twitter, pretty soon he might be the first Magic millionaire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's actually super crazy for him to, uh, monetarily speaking, because Paulo lives in Brazil still. And that means that he gets the advantage of like transferring the money from American dollars. And, you know, the the cost of living and the average income and stuff is lower in Brazil than it is in like the US, for example. So that $300,000 goes even further for Paulo than it would for like an American player to win. I mean, for him, <laughs> like he's rich now. I mean, that was an absurd yes. oh, yes. amount of money to win in one day. I would be rich now if I had $300,000. Yeah, but you also American. might be like, I'd like a house. And now I've paid for half of it. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's Marshall's like it's so a brutal. nice home. Oh, house yeah. Hey, dude, I live in wow. Seattle. I live in we Seattle. Have, okay, fair You ain't yeah. getting nothing for 600K in Seattle. I could firmly buy myself <laughs> a full, very excellent house yeah. for 300000 Right, but if you did, I wouldn't be like, you're rich, right? Yeah. It would yeah. be like, that's an amazing financial step forward. But oh. Paulo, like, it's like, dang, dude. He's, he's balling out now. And then, of course, the thing that I tried to inject into the commentary when I could but it's like easily the sweetest thing you get for being world champion is you get to get a card with your name and, or yeah, with your face yeah, on it. Like to have on it. it. Who cares about 300K? He's a magic card. And it's card. honestly like very exciting to think of like, and I, as iconic a player as Paolo, just being able to like have a card. I know, I'm because so excited we've never to see it. Had the appreciate, like, right, we know Chris Pakula. So like seeing, seeing like an old copy of Meddling Mage, like that's cool, but we've never gotten to see until Javier, someone that it's like, we watch their career, and here they are on a card. Uh, exactly. You and can like, play we know with them. this person. We yeah. know what's happened in their career. It's super cool. Yeah. And, I mean, the fact that the tournament literally went as long as it humanly possibly could oh. on day three was pretty yeah. epic, right? We had a lot of things going all the way to three matches in the lower bracket, and then of course going to uh, going to four matches in the finals. And yeah. for anyone who out there who is like, do they mean games? No, no. we mean matches. matches. We yeah. mean that they were sitting there playing best of three matches. It was a lot of matches. Yeah, that that's up bracket. to nine games. That is a stretch. That is a lot. From from my career in the booth, this was the second hardest, like most uh, draining, draining, challenging match to cover. 
Uh, the first, the, the number one, interestingly, also involved Marcio Cavallo. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know yeah. which one this was. <laughs> yeah, it was weird because it was it was also just, it, it, so that was at the World Championship in 2016. The one that um, BBD. BBD won. won. Yeah, and they had an amazing match that went the distance, and it was a tough matchup with a lot of complicated stuff. It was similar they to were what playing, we watched. Was that a green-white or was it Bant? It was um, like... They were both green, the white based and like tracker. yes, tireless yeah. tracker, all that Avacyn. stuff. So Avacyn, blue tokens. Oh yeah. Yeah, thank God. I had Luis in the booth with me for that, and you know he's top tier commentator. You know, best in the biz style, and he kind of carried me because at some point, you know, the challenge becomes to keep the energy level up and the narrative yeah. going because you never know when it's going to end, and you don't want to be like, yeah, well. And There's that, that Avison. Uh, oh, oh, he just won, right? You have to really like keep it up, but when it goes for hours, it's so draining. Yeah. That one um, was in Seattle, and it was two blocks from where I live. It was. Sweet. And when it was yeah. over, I left. You went home and in your I own went bed, home and I fell asleep. And you know that's you know that's not the norm for coverage. Normally, we got to dinner. There's maybe a draft. People are hanging out. We're gonna go but over I here. That I was match. done. That was Dun, that match dun, dun. was a million years long. Yeah, it was And a so lot of brutal. people, you know, like, you make it look easy, Marshall. I mean, and a lot of people don't think about this when they're at home watching the games, like, exactly how draining it is mm -hmm. to keep up that level of and energy for that long. how it is on your, like, even just your throat. Like, yeah. Mentally. Yeah, I was actually, it's the first time I was ever worried about that. Because uh, I've never lost my voice in the booth, but I've had people that I've been, like, we used to do GPs that were just two people. And I'd have people losing Ooh. their voice on Sunday all the time. We'd have some random pro that That's dropped out of the GP much. and be like, come on. And for whatever reason, mine's always held up, but my throat hurt. You know, I, it was, yeah. yesterday was really, really tough. Like, I came in and I had this weird, I still haven't really figured out, but some kind of mental health, like, I really didn't feel good. I felt off. Yeah, I felt I've never out seen of you my like mind. That. Yeah, um, I just didn't feel connected or focused. And normally, like, I don't get nervous for this stuff. I never have. I don't know why. It's It should be really nerve-wracking, but I don't. But I definitely, you know, get dialed in and get amped up. But this was different. I just, like, I didn't know if I could do it. Like, there mm -hmm. was a point at the beginning where I'm just like, am I going to be able to, like, go on air? Um, and then, like, I started to feel a little bit better, and I knew that, like, if I just got in the booth, it would, my instincts would take over and stuff. But, like, that's not a good mindset to go into no, the what is like, possibly I'll... the biggest tournament, you know, that I'll ever cover, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's not impossible, be. you know. Um, thankfully, I had two very, very good co-commentators. I had Brian Kibler and Paul Chion to help out with that a lot. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, that ended and now it's today and i still feel just spent yeah i i feel it was empty emotionally and a lot of magic. mentally like i just yeah. don't like you have to put so much of yourself into that it, it is really tough yeah yeah you're just yeah. putting your your heart right under the table you along must with the if you don't the people at home know absolutely i've seen numerous commentators fake it and i'm like you're faking it bro like I can just tell. People people generally know when they're being yeah. swindled. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite line is, I'm so excited, and you're like, No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I can some. tell you're not excited. I take like a CrossFit-esque class at the climbing gym that I go to. Mm -hmm. And the regular teacher of it is really wonderful. Um, she's like always super like she's super pumped and she's really nice and she like remembers people who who come in a bunch. She like will know your name. Um, and chat with you and when she's encouraging you it's great there's a sub for her class and he's he's absurdly fit he's one of the fittest human beings i've ever seen in my life 
and when he encourages you, none of, like, none, none of us really enjoy it when he's teaching. You're not feeling it? And we were just like, it's because you realize when he's encouraging you, he's encouraging you as if nothing in his life has ever been hard for him, so he doesn't know why people need encouragement. <laughs> oh, this is, this is like when I got my one free um, personal trainer session at the gym I signed up for, and then I went and did it, and he was like, okay, I need you to do like 15 push-ups. And, and you're then like, like well, I'm I was sorry, like, well, what? I can't do one, you know? And he's like, well, just get down on the floor and do them. And I'm like, well, okay, and I did like a modified one. And he's like, all right, now take this thing. We were using this system. I can't remember what it was called where you... The, there's like bar, like a strap hanging off the bars or whatever. And now we're gonna pull ourselves up this many times. And we're gonna do this many things, squats. And I like, and I was like, I at some point I stood up in the, and I'm like, I cannot do anymore. I literally cannot do anymore. And he's like, we'll just do five more. Like he just did not, <laughs> he could not understand that yeah. I had not trained like this. And Megan can attest to this for like, I don't know how long I it was saw after Maria, this. She could not. Move. I could not yeah, walk, you can, Marshall. You, you cannot jump in the I deep end of the pool like that. And like, I was in shows. This I had two, oh like two performances I was doing at the time, and I had to walk upstairs to get there. It was like yeah. a wow. comedy That's act, me trying awful. to get upstairs. That's all because that person did you a disservice. No, it, was terrible, it wasn't like man. this wasn't a great thing, and I'm just not going to come back. That is like actively bad it for your bad. body. It's bad for everything. Anyway, so, it made me think of that, right? Like this guy isn't bad at what he does. It's just really funny because when he's like. Come on, you can do it. And you're like, really? You, nothing has ever been hard for you because this is not how you encourage yeah, a person. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, like, keeping things, you know, up, I'll just make one comment. I do want to talk more about this match, but, like, uh, you know, just to talk about the funny stuff that was going on, like, work-wise... I was at the outside desk this weekend. Oh, yeah, you had quite an adventure. <laughs> it was an adventure out there. It was extraordinarily windy every single day. Yeah. Uh, and quite hot and humid. <laughs> <laughs> and we were sitting out there, and there were a few times when we all thought the set was going to blow over on top of us. You know, when, when the camera was on, it was on some type of truss that they set up. It moved. Yeah, because like, it was on a jib arm. Going, yeah, it was going back and forth in the wind. Yeah, in the <laughs> wind. It, it was extremely windy. At some point, like, I asked Paul a very serious question about Jean-Emmanuel de Prada getting, getting eliminated. And, you know, he's like, yeah, he had a great tournament. I'm so glad that he qualified. And then this huge gust came and just shook the entire thing, and it creaked. It creaked like <laughs> I am seconds from falling over. And at that point, it was just so surreal what we were doing, like the, the absurdity of like sitting out in this desk in the middle of nowhere in like a hurricane, talking about magic cards. Hit all three of us at the same time. Me, Paul, and Dana, and we just all lost it. You guys started cracking up. We just started up. cracking up on camera, and we just couldn't hold. It anymore. We're like, this is so silly. It's like the time we went to a, a bare naked ladies concert yeah. with none oh, other than uh, James. James from LRR, and they like kept delaying the concert because it was like out on this casino roof in Vegas, and there was there was so much wind. They were like, they can't come out. And we're like, what is going on? Now you know. Now I know. You're Maria. Now you're I just know. you are. You now share this with the bare naked oh, ladies. That makes me so happy. You were basically happy. on stage with You're them. Basically I'm basically a member in of the, the band. Bare naked ladies <laughs> at this point. I know, and it's like people at home are just like, oh, it's just a little wind or whatever. But what's really interesting is being in that high pressure situation, which which casting a tournament like that is, it's like the it's immense high pressure. Um, plus, you're adding wind, heat, humidity, and like all these other factors, makes it I don't know how much percentage more difficult than just doing it inside oh. a building, which is actually surprising. It looks to me. so difficult. I, you know, 
a lot. I've ran the news desk before, you know, like what you were doing. I yeah. used to do that on on Sundays when BDM and Rich Hagen were in the booth. Yeah. And they'd switch me out of the booth, and I would run the news desk. And it's a lot to juggle, but it's mostly downtime, right? You're just kind of waiting for the matches to end, and then it comes to you, and you're on, 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 and then you're off again, and then it's prepping up for the next one and kind yep. of waiting again. And at some point, when you do the same type of tournament over and over, you really kind of get a rhythm for it, right? We've we've done pro tour or mythic championship style events. Boy, did you have a lot on your plate for this one. <laughs> the tournament structure for this tournament was really interesting. It was a bracketed style, no tiebreakers involved. It was like Street Fighter, you advance to the next stage. Yeah, but it was really, really complicated with a lot of weird names. I'll be honest, I still could not explain it cleanly to you fully. <laughs> like, I get the big strokes yeah. of it, but I just sat down in the booth each round, and I knew vaguely where we were at, and I just said, That's all you had okay, to know, Rich, though. just, yeah, and you know, I'll be honest, that, from that perspective, the structure was great because I got to just build narratives off of, look, you win, you go home, you win, you go on, you lose, you go home, that type of stuff. None of this like tiebreaker stuff or anything like that. But for you, I, do I can't know even it imagine I could tell how you, you got through that. everything about it right now. Because you needed to know what was going on so that you could set the stage for me in the booth and build up the hype and not get it wrong. I, I don't, like this was easily the toughest I've ever seen of an assignment for the news desk. And what was funny... And I've done it. Like, I know what it's about. I've watched Rich do really tough stuff where he's had curveballs thrown. But this is, like, outdoor, windy, hot, super complicated. You've got two other people that are just like, tell me what to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Day 9. <laughs> what was funny, too, here's two quick moments. Once uh, a trash, a bag of trash, like a tumbleweed, blew <laughs> through the set at a million miles an hour while we were live. But a graphic was up on the screen, so nobody ever knew. Oh. <laughs> and then another... Another time, I like feel like this commotion happening behind me while we're on a graphic, and you know I have to still keep talking, not lose a step. But I'm like, is some guy rushing the stage? And I, then I just see out of the corner of my eye, some guy from production just punt a water bottle across the, <laughs> the roof of this place where we're recording, just punt it across because apparently there had been a rogue water bottle in the shot. But he did not like <laughs> calmly come in, pick it up, and like walk off or run off or scurry. He just no, drop kicked it. He just drop kicked it. Came in, <laughs> boom hit it and I was like what was that <laughs> but you just gotta pretend like nothing's nothing's going on it's a real adventure well but something else happened what it wasn't just water bottles and you bags hit by a plant? you oh, also yeah. got assaulted a by plant. the set itself yes a, a giant plant fell on me probably Brian Kibler says 30 seconds I think it was more like 15 seconds before we went on air a, a giant plant fell right Tipped over on right me over. and I was like laughing so hard and I was like help help but there was only like two people out there and they're both camera people you know so they like can't leave their stations <laughs> and finally somebody came running and took it off me maybe one second before they came to us maybe hello and welcome back to coverage here at the world championship <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of it absurd. is hard to maintain your composure for that <laughs> but uh, overall i thought it was a super cool tournament yeah you know we got some really awesome games of magic there um, really were some excellent can games. i talk it, it about was an all-timer one yeah. moment let's from the finals mm -hmm. yeah um is the is the hand marcio kept in the last game of the tournament that was the most talked about thing after the tournament was oh, over I'm i think sure besides so, besides pv so winning, let's but. just talk about it just for a moment because so i was kept, shocked he kept a hand of seven yep um that had two blue sources it had a castle vantress and an island and nothing that he could cast off of two blue there was a teferi in there 
there was a Legion war boss in there. There was an Elspeth Conquer's death. There was an Elspeth Conquer's death. And like a cavalier, like yep. it was rough. It was a rough hand. The but only he did thing that fires. he was even close to being able to cast off that was if he drew a red source Legion war boss or if he drew a white source to fairy. Right, but a lot of his sources come in tapped, which people have noted on the internet too. Um, but this is a hand that he kept in a game that he absolutely had to win. So, you know, so did Paulo, to be fair. Um, but, like, the question is, why did he keep this hand? Theories abound. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to second-guess players who are magnitudes better than I am, and Marcio's one of those players. But it didn't seem correct. It, it seemed yeah. like a mistake. I, I, mean, I, I feel like if just, you just ran the numbers, yeah. you'd be like, this, this is one that you have to send back. We've also just talked about how they have played literally... They're on their eighth game of Magic. They're entering hour three of almost consecutive play. For $150,000. Like, do you know what? Decision fatigue is a yeah. very real thing. Very Absolutely. Real thing. That's why I can be good when I have my meal choices for breakfast and lunch, but by the time dinner goes around, I'm just like, nope. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, it's why they put all those little <laughs> snacks in the grocery store right where you're checking out. Yeah. yeah. I, it, you know, I, I had I had a, some discussions around here and stuff, and some people are speculating that it was like we call it like a tilt keep like I'm frustrated that's my yeah. if you ask me that's yeah. my interpretation I feel like he's sick and tired of getting second place and he's like here he is and he gets he draws this like sucky opening seven and he's like here it is happening again well might as well keep it and, tilt. and, that, and I think that that's something like if you've played a lot of, of magic I've done I've done it have you ever felt wronged by the game Absolutely. and then you felt like the game owed you something yes yeah it's a, it's a natural human thing it's obviously completely illogical and not something you should actually do but we're all human beings playing this game yeah and it's kind of like because look, if he if he went like red source white source, he has a winning hand. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's probably gonna win. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe some little part of him, in, in conjunction with having gotten the second places, and maybe just being frustrated that he hasn't been able and to close this thing and out, and at the end of his rope or whatever, maybe he just said, "I deserve this one. Come on, Magic Gods, one time." It's it's hard to imagine because Marcio is literally one of the best players in the yes. world. And also, um, I love, like, I think it would be so especially tragic because I, one thing that I do really appreciate about when Marcio talks about the game, to be fair, it doesn't always translate across into, like, a great interview that he's giving on stage, but when he talks about, people are always like, you know, you, this is a really important game that you're about to play, or it was down to that game three, how are you feeling? And for him, it's always, he says it a lot of just, like, it's just one game, at, like, I'm playing one game at a time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, so I, I would love to know what he thought. I exactly. would love like, to I think know. It's particularly th- tragic to think that he fell that he to just that felt sort of oh, yeah. so because, d- dismayed, you know? Because that is what I think makes, like, for me, a hallmark of him as a player and a hallmark of the fact that he managed to win two consecutive matches oh, when he, he was fought back. down a match with just some really impressive play. And I think a large part of it credited to that taking it one game at a time yeah. to saying, I have to play this game. I, I haven't seen what his take is, and I'd be curious yeah. because there's times that I've kind of talked to other people and kind of come to a consensus similar to this, and the player was like, I just think it's correct to keep, or it's very close, and it's closer than you think it is, me, yeah. you know, because um, I don't know. I, I just, I, you know, I played a few round, I, I played a few leagues with that deck just to try to get my feet under me, but I have, you know, not an expert. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know as much as he does. Um, 
there's a good chance that he would also just say, I made a mistake. Like, yeah. Like, I shouldn't have kept it. And well, maybe we'll hear from him in the Yeah, I'm curious. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's tweeted about it or whatever. But also, my God, the way it played out from there. It was sad. I yeah. mean, there was multiple times where Paul and I, you know, we don't root for players, but we rooted for a game. And we're like, come on. Come, you know, he needs a red source. Needs a red cavalier yeah. of flame off the yeah, top. Brutal. Oh, you need a mountain? Here's a triple red spell. Yeah. Okay. Next cavalier one time. Of needs gales. red. Needs red. Cavalier of gales. Next next another cavalier of flame. At one point the four he draws that he had cavaliers. were two blue yes. and two red cavaliers when he's stuck on mana. Which is it's just insult to injury. <laughs> yeah. And I think also going back to the first I'm I'm trying to think I think I'm thinking of the first match um, in that finals series that he lost to Paolo. There were also times this weekend when we saw Marcio draw a lot of lands. Yes. A lot of And lands. once when he needed to draw lands, he drew all spells. You yes. remember that? <laughs> oh, and he ended up winning that. Yeah. He ended up winning that game. But yeah, there was a time when he just like needed one untapped mana. One untapped. To like give his Cavalier of haste. Flames haste. And he discards three cards, draws three <laughs> cards, and none of them are lands. Yeah. Oh, there is one funny. saving grace for Marcio. He's now here on vacation. Uh, you know, him and a couple of their players rented a car and they're going around and mm -hmm. doing doing Hawaii stuff. And in a few and days' time, he has $150,000. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you just cut off my awesome story. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry go ahead. Going. No, I'm done. Oh, no. no I, know. I don't know if you know how improv works. I'll tell you after the show's over. <laughs> I didn't but, think that's where you were going. Wow, I get no credit whatsoever. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. No, but anyway, he gets 150k, yeah. right? Yeah. And, that is an absurd amount for a second place finish, right? Yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. more than almost all the other first place finishes we've time. ever had. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple that exceeded the Invitational and such, but, um, but you know, when the dust settles, whether that keep was a mistake or not, well, he'll have to handle that however he handles it. Mm -hmm. But my God, in 2016 second place mm -hmm. World Championship, 2017 second place Pro Tour, 2020 second place World Championship, like. Rough. Who, really who's, rough. I mean, it's rough, but like this guy's amazing at magic. Yes. Like it's unbelievable. He played in the Magic Online Championship Series. That's really hard to qualify for, and he did really well on that too. Yeah, he's he's a beast. I'm not really worried about him uh, from like you know how well he does. He's also hyper competitive, so he's not the type of person to be like, well, I guess I just suck at this. I'll move on to something else. He's like yeah. doubling down now. Something else I thought was really cool from the last day of the tournament was Seth Manfield piloting his mono red build that he brought and just doing it expertly. Next level, buddy. Next He's level unreal. mono red action. So, like, if you're somebody who likes to play mono red or whatever, go and watch his games because he did things in those games that, and won games he had no business winning. He's incredible. Seth... I don't know how he got underrated, but he's like a little bit underrated. Like yeah. it's just he's. I think it's because he tends best. to, and we a lot of people remarked this weekend on how, what excellent interviews he was giving. Oh, dude, he was out there flexing on people. Yes, he did he a great job. What really the heck happened interviews. to that guy? Up until now, he's been like you would call him one of the quieter magic personalities. You a know? lot. Like interviews yes. with Seth were very straightforward exactly. before. Exactly, you know? and like pretty low key. Yeah. And he's got a good sense of humor when you can get it out of him, but it's yeah. usually a joke or two and you move on. Now, like, I don't know if you guys caught this, but they did those videos where, like, it had the glowing sign name behind them to lead up to Worlds, right? Yeah. They did one for yeah. every player. And at some point during Seth's interview, which is, like, on a set with a bunch of people standing around, 
he just breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera, and is just like, for you at home, I'm like, what the, who is this? <laughs> like, do you know yes. what guts it takes to sit down in one of those interviews where they're like, okay, we're gonna ask you some questions, we need you to sit at this angle, you can look at me, okay, hold on for 10, you know, you're getting very prepped yeah. and kind of awkward, and he's just like, nah, dog, I got this, and just <laughs> stares down the camera and starts talking to the audience, and it's like, who this, are you, Seth? Someone this weekend said, when people were talking about like, who did you pick as your champion? And I want to say maybe it was Christian Calcano, mm -hmm. someone like that, was like, I picked Seth because Seth's was the video that made me think he was going to win. Wow, he just convinced him. Yeah, like Ooh. he just had that, that vibe. That Speaking was of picking your champion, Megan, the Ugh. listeners don't know who you ended up picking. I am so mad because as the <laughs> listeners at home know, I came exceptionally close to picking Paolo. And I also considered picking Marcio, and I picked neither of them. I picked Andre Strasky, <laughs> who just the first day. Yeah, me too, Javier. Yeah. Who, who the did first you pick? I picked Javier out the first day. Yeah, I could have told you that. And I you know what? Oh, go ahead. Went out on a limb. Okay. Yeah. And I picked Gabriel Nassif. Oh, right. Dang, who gets yes. bumped down to the bottom bracket and wins like nine matches to yes. make it to the top four. I'm like, oh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, he had a great run too. True. Um, I was sitting next to Athena for most, most of the weekend because we worked together on these shows. And Athena picked Paolo and was just had no mercy for anyone who didn't. Oh, and she's literally, Have you ever seen her watch football game? I'm Get and now out I, the way. And I'm she's just like, mean. I was like, I don't know. I just had like a, a feeling. And she's like, why would you not pick the best player in the tournament? I mean, I think she's right. And I then mean, we're all backstage right. and we're all being like, you know, Corbin's like, I picked Raph Levy and, you know, Stibbs picked Piotr and, or whatever. And Athena's just back there going, you're all dum-dums. You're all a bunch of dum-dums. Well, like, think about it. It's a small player. It's a small person tournament. And um, Paulo, you know, recently had, some, had a top eight. Yes. And, um, yeah, like, and that's what stopped me from picking him, honestly, is because you think to yourself, how can you have that excellent of a finish back-to-back, -back, basically? I mean, he he was the odds-on, like, mathematically, yes. like, he's just the obvious pick. But come on, Athena. Like, so we want to pick somebody to, like, root for and have fun with it, too. Yeah. It's like maybe he, nobody's maybe betting the, money on just this. Just so the quote-unquote best player in the room overall is just um, yeah. uh, the best pick in a small player tournament. Although it's the to best be, pick in any player. To be I mean, fair, Marshall, the first time we ever did... Sock bet, you picked oh, Huey because you were like, he's the best player. <laughs> yeah. He's been practicing the most. Yeah, I did. I yeah, that was one of my socks. great calls. Yeah, yeah, I did. I still have them. They have I'm still very proud them. of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what? And going back to what we were talking about way earlier about how Paolo has now tied John Finkel mm. for top eights. It's really incredible to me just to think about that. The fact that. When we came into the game, right, like, John Finkel is already basically this, like, person of myth. Um, he is. Exactly. Like, Kai, where it's just For like, sure. back in the day, there once was this player. Yes. Especially Kai. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. And to see... It happened. And so for the exactly to have those discussions be like, oh, Kai and John are the best players of all time. And to see in the years that we've been playing the game, yeah. see someone right now adding their name to that list. Yeah. 
is just an uh, kind of an unbelievable pretty experience. Cool. This is what greatness looks like. Yeah. In our game, you just saw it. That's I know. It. I was excited at the news desk. I think the final segment, I was like, hey, guess what is really cool, everybody? We all get to be here and watch history being made yeah. right now, yeah. which no, is really, really awesome. Important. It's not something that happened 100 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. It's something that's happening right now. Yeah. And Paolo is honestly only proven in the last couple of years that he is not at the tail end of his game. If anything, he's still on the uphill part of this roller coaster. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I believe it. Um, I want to touch on um, the two quick moments that were also the highlights of the tournament, I think, universally. One was um, Torolf Zeverin's play, where oh. he absorbed his own emor- emergency powers. And you know what? I was so mad because it was what kicked Andre Strowski oh, out, out of the, the tournament. tournament. So it was so good. This that was the was closest of close. So it was a beautiful. Oh. Do you want to do you want to set up what was happening? Sure. For, for this so turn to take place. It's, a, it's an Azorius control mirror, and they are in the final game, and Andre is attacking with lethal, but he has a dream trawler and he's drawn a lot of cards. So he attacks with his dream trawler and all these little tokens. For well, lethal. So on the last turn, he couldn't attack with Dream Trawler because he had no library. So he oh, only could yes. attack with the tokens, which is tokens. really important. Yes, because it's like seven. Because the Dream Trawler would have made like, it lethal. Yes, and Trawler's at like six. <laughs> and so, yeah, he has no cards in library. <laughs> but The commentators what? are like, is there, are those his sleeves? And they're like, no, no he's, he's on empty. He's like, oh my like, God. Toffel is dead. And he casts. If Maria, you want to take it? He casts emergency powers and then can and then cancels his own spell with absorb. Absor- absorbs. absorbs his own gains, spell. Gains the, gains three the life, life that he needed to survive. Goes to one. Goes to one. Turn past the turn back. Andre Strosky dies because he decked himself. Unbelievable. Decked him. oh, it Just flew too close to the sun. I you asked. Know? I asked oh. Toralf about this play, and he said he had been setting it up for three turns. Isn't that wow. funny? Like he just pulls, so he just awesome. whips it out, like in the booth, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, the most amazing play ever!" And he's like, "Yeah, I had been thinking about this for three yeah. turns, which is so yeah. cool." That's really impressive, uh, and right. also just the fact that like he had enough mana because the you know control mirrors go so long and all yes. that to be able to so because isn't emergency seven, power yes. seven, seven, seven mana three? emergency? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. And he was also the story in draft too, which we'll touch oh on. Uh, let's touch on that for a second. I'd love to touch on that. Speaking of dream trawler, oh yeah, that guy dropped a bomb on his draft table. Oh, he he drafts black red for the entire first pack. Yep. So, you know, and the nature of booster draft is that people are reading what you're doing and everybody's kind of settling into their colors and being nice. And then he opens Dream Trawler in pack two and he thinks it's so good that it's worth it to ditch not one but two colors mm-hmm. and just commit to blue-white. Meanwhile, Anna Burchett is sitting there drafting blue-white right yes. next to him. Two copies right. and they're like, Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. And they're yeah. like, okay, cool. And ev- everything at that table got completely messed up because he yes. did that. And he ends up with w- with that deck, short on playables. He has to splash, which normally isn't too bad, but your Dream Trawler deck with blue, blue, Ooh. white, white is not what you, you no. don't want to be splashing. And he's splashing some jank too, some black cards <laughs> and some decent stuff to be I'm fair. He had sure. a Femia and stuff. Splashing he, some jank. He has some bad, bad card. He's playing like Towering Wave Mystic. One in oh. a blue for a two-one that like mills people when it oh, hits. Yeah. It's like this is not where you want to be. And uh, do you know what? Autumn they made it a good story. And and beat him though. Yeah, they had a <laughs> matchup and it was like. Imagine you. Autumn 
Yeah. He did O2 that draft. Yes. And we uh, gave him a D. Yeah. For his deck. I'd love there to be a lesson to all of you out there. There you go. Just yeah. so you know, it is not worth it to ditch both of your colors for a sick bomb. Yeah, it, tur it turns out that building an entire deck off of essentially two packs, Isn't you're going to be no. short. You're no, just going to be can't. short playables, and you're going to have to do some things that just fundamentally upset the balance Especially of Especially if you felt like you were getting signals in pack one that someone in very Next close to you, to you <laughs> someone very close to you on your right like is your mom. in blue-white. Oh. <laughs> someone very close to you. <laughs> a sibling, maybe. <laughs> no, but I gotta say, God bless him, because he's just a great guy, and, like, what a fun, like, sorry for everyone yeah. in that pod, but it was really fun for us to talk about. It it's was, true. and also, uh, you know, he gave an interview to Becca later that on was Sunday. very popular. Like, he, yeah. his personality really came through, yeah. and he's seriously one of the nicest, most, en most enthusiastic, kind of positive people you could mm -hmm. meet and you could really see it and people were like I like this guy. No he's yeah. great. I really he's hope that plus. we get to see more of him in the future. I certainly do yeah. too. He's the type of person that you want representing your game. Yeah absolutely. So overall amazing tournament. Really yeah. really fun. We had some excellent games. Go back and take a take a watch if you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was a great great time overall. Um, and thanks to everybody who, like, we're always, like, come in the chat and hang out, who did and who said hi and who watched the tourney and, like, tweeted at us and all that kind of stuff over the weekend. Um, you know, we love to know you're, you're here with us even when we're doing our other job. That's not, you know, this, this job, job that we're doing right now. That we're doing right now. <laughs> hey, everybody. Before we go, Ultra, Ultra Pro. Pro. Even on the beaches of Honolulu, Hawaii, it's nice to have a card sleeve if you're playing yep. in the sand. <laughs> if you're playing in the sand, please use a play mat. Please use card sleeves. Ultra Pro will help you out. They've got awesome uh, anything you need, deck boxes, you need sleeves, you need play mats with beautiful, gorgeous new art. Um, you can Ugh. even check out the Magic Pro Shop, magic.gg. Yep. They've got some cool world championship items there, including play mats from Ultra Pro, which have Ugh. beautiful flowers on them. They're really cool. And it cool. says world championship. They're great. They're gorgeous play mats. And right now, as I'm saying this, I'm mad that I don't have one. Yes, so actually. So anyway, yeah, okay. think about this. think about that for a little bit. Think about this, everybody. But you could have one. You so could have one. don't be like us without one and be mad, be having one and, and be, be glad. glad. <laughs> Before we go with today's show, I just want to give a shout out to everybody. One, who reminded us that Dick Van Dyke did have a cameo in yeah. Mary Poppins Returns. We remembered as soon as we ended the episode we did. last we week. We did, we did. We were like, wait a second. There was He's a, alive. There was a cameo. And cameoing. Yes. You didn't know that? What? You what? didn't know that? We you did. Knew it? I'm just no. saying that we remembered. <laughs> I was very surprised you didn't see that movie. Kidding. Anyways, and also to everyone who sent us, um, Mary Poppins is is a doctor of Doctor Who fame. Yeah, and who gave us Mary Poppins card design? Somebody yes. in our Discord um, put a Mary Poppins card design, which I think was excellent. Yeah. Really Speaking cool. Of our Discord. Yeah. It is a delightful, wonderful place to hang out, and you get access to it by being a patron of ours. That's right. Just patreon.com slash glhfmagic. Head on over there. You can hop in our Discord and chat with all the wonderful people, post memes, yes. ask about decks, post deck ideas, talk about coverage. It's a great place. It's so much fun. You I really enjoy it. You get access for five yeah. bucks a month. 
Um, thank you again to our wonderful sponsors, Card Kingdom and Ultra Pro. And thank you to Marshall P. Yeah. Sutcliffe for being for on me. the show. Marshall, is P your middle initial? Nope. Okay, okay. well, okay. it's canon now, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Marshall P. Sutcliffe, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find Marshall on the internet, I mean, I, I guess you, you don't know, I don't know why you can't, but he's Marshall underscore LR on Twitter and hosts limited resources every single week if you want to make your limited game better. First, listen to us, then listen to Marshall in that order. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and also take advice in that order. <laughs> but no, it's been great. We've had a blast here in Hawaii and feel super lucky to be able to do this as our job. Absolutely. I know walking into that convention center, seeing the set, I all I could do is like smile and get like a little misty-eyed because like how stupid is it that this kind of thing is something that we get to do for work. It's just it's pretty just amazing. incredible. Um, and so I'm so happy to have people like you out there in listener land to be able to share it with. So thank you. Um, I'm, I've got sand and in, we will, uh, in some crevices. Do you know what? We'll chat with you all next week when we will be <laughs> once again popsicles. Yeah, we'll be popsicles in Minnesota. <laughs> chilly little popsicles back in our studio. So our videos um, will resume. It was just way, it's just way too much work to try and do it when we're also doing other jobs. So... Yeah. Back to normal next week um, and all that kind of shenanigans. Until then, enjoy the beautiful soundscape of Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear the ocean? <laughs> <laughs>